are. Cheers. Cheers. Oh shit, we've got plastic glasses again. Yeah, there's no cling to that. There's at no all. cling to that at all. So we're. Um, oh, I'm Ambi. I'm Kana. Welcome to Diplomacy Games. And today we're drinking at the W Hotel. Yep, at its um, pool bar. I can't remember if it's called the. Wet, I think it's wet bar. It's a wet bar. Wet bar. Yeah. So as a result of it being a uh, next to a pool, the beer is, and ciders are served in plastic rather than glass. So hence no chink. What are you drinking? I'm actually drinking a beer today, but it's in the afternoon, and it's been a hot day. It's been a stinker. Yep. How hot's it been at your work? Too hot. Too hot. Yeah. I know Brisbane today was meant to get to 34, which oh. is around about 92, 93 Fahrenheit for our American friends. So at your way, it would probably be, what, 36, 37? I got in the car, and the thermostat on the car reckoned it was 38. So you're talking about well and truly over 100 Fahrenheit, and yeah. we're only halfway through spring. Not, not summer yet, so perfect no. choice having on our car pool. That's what I thought, yeah. I thought this is a good spot to go when it's still daytime and pills on. And it's actually got a quite a good view. Great view. Very classy place. I think this has only opened up in the last six months. It's a pretty new building, hey, I don't recall it. Well, it's, yeah. they're doing that usual thing that everyone does nowadays. They kind of build one building and then they keep constructing other buildings around it, but they open the new building first. Didn't you, yeah. didn't you go notice all the construction you kind of walked through on the way in? Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, it makes perfect sense, though, doesn't it? Of course it does. Start getting some cash. Start bringing in some dollars. But this is about diplomacy. Oh, yes, yeah, yes, yes. Sorry. Yeah. We're, we're this is not a, a small business or a large business entrepreneurial show. It's, it's diplomacy. It's um, a bit of fun, a bit of backstabbing. I can't remember what episode is this. 54? Oh, God knows. I think it's 54, but I can't remember. I'll have to double check later. If not, I'll just edit that out. You're going over two years now, isn't it? Fuck, over three years. Three years. Yeah. God. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> but you know what? What the game's been going a lot longer, hasn't it? Actually, yeah, it has. It's been going since 1963, isn't it? 56. 56. Yeah. Okay. What did I see? Pick 63. Oh, maybe, maybe it was. Well, maybe the 56 might have been when they started doing. What was the first one? Before it became diplomacy. Oh. Uh, real politics. Real politics. Yeah. And, or maybe, you know, and they didn't actually start making the games until the late 50s or early 60s. Who knows? Who knows? Speaking of something that's um, historical. Yes, very historical. You kind of, again, Professor Kaner, now with a, I, uh, a, professor, a professor of history, I think. <laughs> I, this came into my possession just randomly. I was. It's, it's, what, is, uh, what is this thing that's come into your possession? It's a gamer's guide to diplomacy published by the Avalon Hill Game Company. Printed in the USA, second edition, March 1979. 1979 edition, yes. Um, and it, it's a great little gem. Anyway, but it came into my hands. I was randomly, um, I was at a, a dinner party at. Um, oh, very civilised. It's very civilised. Oh, lovely. Got very drunk. Lots yes. Of, all of us got drunk. Um, but anyway, <laughs> I was sitting. Not across, so civilised. Yeah. Um, I was sitting across the table from a bloke. Um, and he was talking about a recent trip he had to um, Greece. Right, yep. You know, and he was getting really interested in the whole history of the islands. Yeah. And I sort of went, oh, that's really fascinating because that's a, an area of the world where I... And I started talking about one of my hobbies or areas of interest is look, looking and simulating um, war games yep. from a variety of different 
periods of history and yep. he just sort of looked at me and goes you don't mean diplomacy do you oh shit you shouldn't have said that when I had a mouthful of beer I almost spurted it everywhere <laughs> and I, I thought yeah actually I am as, as a matter of fact as he brought it up it wasn't me who actually brought up wow. the game I was just going to talk about you know how it would be really interesting the whole Polynesian war but nope bam and then straight away they had this whole discussion around diplomacy he goes I actually have an old zine sitting in one of my um, boxes at home yeah archived I'll, I'll, I'll get it to you and so that's how it came into my possession um, I, I did ask him if he was interested in face to face or playing with us yeah um, and he said thanks but no thanks because he one of those guys that takes things a bit too seriously when it comes to games. Right, okay. and he recognises that in himself. So yep. Yeah, he didn't want to um, delve back into it that side. Okay. I didn't ask we got a little bit of wind, so if we've got a little bit of wind on the uh, the mic, my apologies for that. It's a great little thing. So you've, you've handed me a photocopy of what he's provided. It's um, 34 pages of pure diplomacy, complete with little cute graphics or little cartoons from the in, in the usual type of seventies cartooning style, I, I, I love these. I love I love them. Like this one here. Um, so it's a series of three, four, three, 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 three people, people yep. sitting behind a um, like a game show, like a game show. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And the the, the, the title says, um, "Will the real diplomacy please?" Like, no, will the real diplomacy player please stand up? Look, yeah, you know, turn into. I, I just keep. You think it's a shady song? Yeah, yeah. Shady, yeah. <laughs> Please stand up, please stand up, please stand up. You know, and two of them stands up. Yeah, right? player number one and player number three and number two sits, sits in the middle, yep. And then player number two's got this big grin on his face. And the other two seem to have slumped down. over their... Um... <laughs> and then the, the, the final panel is the, the number two player stands up and the other number one and number three players are slumped on their panel with a, with a knife Knives in their in back. Their back. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think there was a couple of others here I thought were just pure gold. So there's this um, bloke. Oh, this is like so typical, like 70s cartoon style with the massive shoes. And he's kind of got a little um, uh, a beaker and he's putting in some uh, something out of a... a it's got to be cyanide those. or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah whatever it is. And he's kind of saying, now, if I follow the old lady's instructions correctly, this should make him forget my past stabs befuddle him so he won't suspect my plans and also make him paranoid enough to believe I'm his only friend. Hmm, what the heck, I'll put in a little arsenic to make sure his government goes into civil disorder about 1904. <laughs> <laughs> and that's right, the cartoon is actually from August 1968. Fuck. Wow. This one is a good one. Which one? This oh, that one. one. Yeah. Oh yeah, so it's a guy on kind of... Um, <laughs> With a little screwdriver, and he's working with like an old school bomb, like you know, from the, or the sorry, you know, the like stereotypical a cartoon bomb. Cartoon bomb, yeah, 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 the Looney Tunes bomb. Looney Tunes bombs, and he's saying, uh, tactical skill and cunning aren't the only factors to consider in diplomacy. Reputation is important too. I may not be the the best strategist, but since those first few, no one has dared to double cross me. <laughs> <laughs> so what? It, but aside from the amusing cartoons, it talks about. The nature of diplomacy and the objectives of diplomacy and what you're meant to do, um, you know, what is considered to be good diplomacy. I like that there's a bit here where he actually starts talking about different strategies, player types, oh, types okay. of player. You know, there's a balance of power player, um, there's a, you know, winner takes all kind of that sort of player. Yep, win or um, draw. Yep, win or draw player. 
um, and he, he, he actually also starts talking about, a bit later on in the, in the zine, he starts talking about um, strategies you can use if you happen to be in a losing position or a position where you're down to one or two supply centers. Oh, okay. I mean, what can you do to um, keep yourself in the game, so yep. to speak? Um, and one of the strategies I actually haven't tried, I've not, I've not actually ever tried to do this particular strategy. So one strategy is, you know, um, mercenary yourself out to another player. Yep. Yep, done that. Been yep. there, done that. Um, another strategy is... I think to, I'm doing that in at least a couple of games at the moment. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right, you know. Uh, another strategy is to um, declare that you're going to throw all of your units at one of the Alliance players if the other Alliance player doesn't stab and if the person who stabs first, you're going to throw in with that person who stabs. So you're oh, right. Okay, so that's that's that one, right? That's a that's good a one. That's a good, right? good one. And is then, that done publicly, or just you tell so you're each just of, you're just it? Sort of. Yeah, yeah. You're announcing it so that it breeds distrust between the two players who are allied. Okay. Yeah. Oh, works well, particularly if there's like two or three players in an alliance, but maybe even just two. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah. That's right. So you'll ally with the person who stabs first. Yep. Yep. And the, the, the one that I thought, oh yeah, now that's a really clever one, I've not ever thought of doing that, is actually leading from a point of weakness, right? Okay. So let's say you're, you know, there's a strong Russia Turk, yeah? Yep. And they're dominating the board pretty much. And because of the alliance structure that's had, Austria's been knocked out, you're down to one supply centre is Italy, Germany, France, England haven't gotten their shit together and are still bite, battling it out, right? Right. Is to... Um, Okay, alright. Either Russia or Turkey is going to win. But combined, Italy, France, Germany and England all have more units than the other two. Yep. The other two, right? So you could pretty you would pretty much announce that look, there's no way that you are the threat as Italy. Yep. Therefore, you can be the impartial arbiter. Ar- arbiter. Arbiter. Yep. Alcohol's kicking in already. <laughs> the impartial arbiter to coordinate the moves of the squabbling three, and so you're actually taking the point, taking point, yep, in the anti, you know, the anti juggernaut alliance, yep. right? So you're actually leading from the point of weakness. Yeah, okay. Now that is an interesting little. You got nothing to gain. You got nothing to gain, except staying Although in the game. Staying in the game, but you actually might, you know, gain a couple of supply centres, yeah, in which yeah. case you could become the person who's, right. you know, but. As a, as a strategy to keep yourself alive, I thought that was a really cool little. It's good one that I never actually thought of myself to um, to do. Have you ever tried that? I think I have, but it's been more. No, actually, no, no, not not in the way you've described it. Not in the sense of I'm getting smashed, and this is a way of potentially getting out of it. No, I haven't tried that. I've done it more pro- proactively in the sense of pre-getting smashed, but you know, such as it is. Yeah, anyway. But what else is in here? So elements of the game. It talks about how the game works and and aspects of it, um, which is not bad. Actually, probably maybe we should be looking at this rather than our own half-assed ideas of how to actually tell people how to play the game. Not a bad idea. And then it goes through the dynamics of, of each of the um, of the players and how they can open and negotiations and mid-games and end-games, which is really cool. 
even shows like the diagrams with the maps with you know likely avenues of um, attack and um, movement which is great <laughs> it's interesting each of them are like depending on the position like the central powers they pretty much go everywhere and like turning to the Russian one it's just like just go east or go west sorry go west ratio yes. go west and then in the back it's got a little bit of terminology there about the different players you know the historically who they were you know the, the people the of England and yeah. Turkey and so forth and a little bit about rating, rating systems, systems yep. oh yeah and then it walks through a sample game and sample orders and how that they work and how they'd be resolved and adjustments and builds that's really quite clever actually I wonder what would be interesting there is if we had the time which we don't right now is to actually look at that and look at the um, the gameplay and how it works out and what the tactics are that are actually being employed in each of these games yeah, Postal if... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, are you going to say something? Yeah, yeah, to see if some of those moves are antiquated now Yeah Yeah, to see if it still has relevance Yeah, that's right Then it goes on to talk about postal diplomacy Shows the... Uh, how old it is uh, Diplomacy World talks about the, the magazine which is still running strongish I think the most recent version just came out the most recent edition came out only about a week ago Some... that's through a Yahoo based group isn't yeah, it that, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of, yeah talks about the conventions that are going on talks about Dipcon Sorry, the little yeah. article about a variant. Oh, there, yes, variants. Napoleonic diplomacy. 1858 diplomacy. Maybe that's the original one. Yeah, it was. Napoleonic. Great work. Hey, this is interesting, some of these variants I've never even heard of. Bid diplomacy, that's kind of like that Greek one, isn't it, where you can bid for certain things? Yeah, you bid for supply centres. Has anyone ever done that on a classic map? That would be fascinating to do. That would be really good, yeah start off with three coins and you basically choose your supply centres by, by on a turn so no one sues one. Yeah. You know, you got and you know you can bid one supply set, say you're Germany, you can bid for Munich, Kiel and um, Denmark. So yep. one coin each, yeah. But England also wants Denmark, he bets one coin on Denmark. One one. No yep. one starts with a build on Denmark, right? But let's say you're Germany and you really want Denmark, you could build um, one coin Berlin, two coins Denmark, and you know England only bets one coin on Denmark. He doesn't get Denmark, but you get Denmark because you put two coins on it. I'd need to know how the game dynamics work a little bit more because presumably what happens then with... Okay, let's use your example there with, with one coin Berlin, two coins Denmark. Yeah. So that means when the game opens... Kiel and Munich, unless someone's put a bid on them, are neutrals. Yeah. Okay. So does that mean you could actually play England and not place any actual bets on the what we would consider to be England on a classic board? You could actually, if you play England, you might go, oh, I'm going to go uh, Brest, Spain, and Tunis, Tunis. <laughs> Why not? Could you? Yeah. Is that the way that works? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it is. Um, Although with the Greek one, you do start with a home supply centre. Right, okay. Yeah. So you, so you start with one guarantee build for you to okay. start off with. So with you know, so England, you might start with London as your guarantee. Germany might have Berlin as your guarantee. You'd have to actually look at that to work out what would be fair. 
because I think in some maps, isn't it, con- well, isn't it kind of considered that you, there is a variant similar to what you're talking about where, I can't remember the name of it, where like some of the um, capitals are too exposed. Yeah, 1898, like, does that? Is that 1898? Okay. Yep. Well, maybe that's a good um, digression. Do we want to start talking about some of the stuff going on at the moment? Like some of your games? You're in an 1898 game now, aren't you? I am. It's a fog of war. Whoa, fog of um, war. Hey, do we actually say what our drinks were? Yeah, you're having a beer, I'm having a cider. Yeah, we didn't say what they were. That's right. What are you drinking? Um, it's a 28, 28 pale ale, okay. which is from the Gold Coast. And I'm having Michael a beer? crisp Summersby cider. Lovely. That's my son's favourite drink at the moment. Summersby. Summersby, yes. <laughs> so I can't pay out on you having girly drinks because otherwise I have to uh, pay out on my son saying you're having girly drinks. And I, I must admit it's a nice, it's a nice drink. Very refreshing on a on a warm spring day. On a warm day, it's a nice drink. Um, but back to 1898. Can I ask a quick question? 1898 yeah. is a slight variation of the classic board, isn't it? Yeah, that's right. So, how is it different? Okay, it's different in that, like what we were talking about, you start only with one supply centre. Right, right, okay, yep. Um, Which is, uh, maybe this is where I got my idea from. The, is it traditional capitals, or can be, or is some of them different? Let me pull it up. Okay. Um, no, that's it, the wrong map. I know, it's the wrong map. I'm just looking for search. Games. Games. Help. Help. We need help. help. Account. Account. Oh my god, where is it? You're going to force me to edit this out, aren't you now? Search. Oh god. Let's just do it this way. You could have just gone into variants and just picked it, couldn't you? Yeah, well, Wouldn't that's that have what been I'm doing easier? now. So, coming down. Classic. 1898. So right. I've got to open up okay. so you've, this one. So you've taken the long way. Taken the long way around. Right, yes. So England starts um, here. in Edinburgh, right, not London. Okay. Germany starts from Kiel. France starts with Brest. Austria, Trieste. Italy, Naples. Turkey, Smyrna. Russia, St. Petersburg. Everyone starts with an army except for England, which starts with a fleet. So the only one actually starts with a correct historical capital is Russia. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Oh, well, okay, yep. But I'm imagining that's the balance. Yeah, that's Like right. what we're talking yes, about it's, before, it's right? Yes, it's smart. Yeah. Yep. Um, basically, it's built anywhere. So right. any territory that you conquer, you can build on. Yep. Um, if it's got a supply center. Right. Now... In my particular game... But the actual map itself is a standard, a standard classic, classic map. There's no small itsy-bitsy tweaks or anything like that, like um, uh, 1900 or anything like that. Yeah, there's no there's no special territories okay. added or anything. It's just a stand, bog standard map. Yeah, there you go. Um, now, back to mine. Um very early on, England. But you played this as a fog of war game, so there's two versions of this. There's, cl- there's a normal standard 1898, but you can also do a fog of war of it. Yeah, and I quite like the over, fog of war because it. you know, well, as probably because you you've played that a few times, haven't you? Done reasonably yeah. well. I've done well with one. one. I've gotten my ass handed to me twice, and oh. I'm on my fourth, and I'm doing okay with it. Okay. Yeah. Um, 
But this is one of the games where I did play. I played as England, and I got my ass handed to me, and I did the exact same thing as what this guy did on this game by taking Denmark in as his first, second build. Right, because... Gotcha, I gotcha. So in other words, England is open, Edinburgh to North Sea, North Sea to Denmark. Denmark. Yep. To claim Denmark as a build. Okay. Yeah, okay. Yep. Which doesn't Which do... is actually clever because, okay, so being a fog of war... Once he's gone to the North Sea, he would see that Denmark is unoccupied. He would know that Kiel is your is the German opening unit. And by default, if it's not already in Denmark, it's gone. It's a guaranteed build. Yeah, it's a guaranteed yes. build. You're right. Yep. And then that automatically puts pressure on... It, it, it extends the borders and puts pressure on Germany from day dot. Yeah, only what happens is that Russia, more often than not, goes into Scandinavia for some reason. Well, probably so, stuff in St. Petersburg. Yeah, but there's no reason why he couldn't go down to Sebastopol for a start. Yes, true. But again, it's the same type of thing, isn't it? Maybe you want to go to the areas that are likely to be contested in the not-too-foreseeable future. Because if you've got, for example, heading towards the Sebastopol, you go, OK, the Turkish starts, Turkey starts in Smyrna, so it's going to take forever... Is it an army in Smyrna? Army. Okay. So, in other words, if you were a tricky Turk, you might go Smyrna uh, to Armenia and spring Armenia to Sevastopol and claim that in your... Which is why it's smart to go St. Petersburg, Moscow, Moscow, St. Peter, Sevastopol. Just in start. case. Yeah, because if Turkey does try and bounce you, try to take Sevastopol... You've at least got Moscow and you deprive him and of a bill. Him of a bill. Nice. Right? See? Sneaky, see, sneaky. See, see. Anyway, but Russia went to Scandinavia and... England ends up in Kiel and Denmark, and at this stage I'm thinking, oh, well, I'm stuck. This is a game you've already played, is that correct? Or is this another game? Coming up to the end game. Okay. Yep. So by the time this comes out, though, won't this, what we're talking about, kind of give you a little bit of a way, a bit of a hint of whether you're either A, England, or B, Russia, or C, Germany, because we've already just started talking about those things. Well, This will go out. Yeah, this will, this will be finished by then. I'm only three builds away from winning. So okay. either it's... This will go out in about a week. Close to the end game, anyway. Okay. Yep. So there we are, folks. If there's, you're there's currently a playing of... a Fog of War 1898 <laughs> game and Germany's kicking your butt, hint, hint, you're listening to the the master speaking right now. Say some words of further sage witness wisdom, Mr. Master. Well, I don't think I'm giving anything away by saying that at this stage, Turkey is all the way up to um, taken over Moscow. Wow. Um, I'm unsure exactly what's happening in Austria. This is what, 1912, 1913 now? Uh, autumn 1912. Okay. Um, How many SCs are you? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen. Four, four away from winning. Right, okay. Um, and I think, it, based on what I can see, I think you're well positioned to at least pick up. Um, I'd say this one. Yeah, well, by the time you've made your move, probably three. So all I need is those ones here, that cluster. Venice is wide open. Potentially wide open. Trieste is, so Austria is being attacked by Turkey. Well, I'm assuming it's Turkey. So that, that, that suggests to me that Turkey owns all of this area. Yeah, oh, it could be. He's, he's got to own Budapest oh, be now because he's, 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 you 
can see that there's a support into there that's worked. Yep. Um, which means, yep, that's got to be Turkey in the Adriatic. Which means that Turkey's making gains against France, South Italy, I'm, I'm assuming. Yeah, because that's why France is front. But then why is France moving... Oh, to France is moving Tyrrhenian Sea to yeah. Western Med to protect against you. Yeah, yeah, yep. yeah. Stop you going to Spain. Yes. So doing well in that game, and I've enjoyed these sort of maps. Like, unfortunately, you can't see historical versions of Fog of War. Yes, which sucks. Which sucks because you, yeah, trying to imagine what's been seen. Very cool. So that's that one. How are you going with your? Um, I'm getting thirsty. Oh, it's my bed. My shout. Back in the tick. So. Cheers. Cheers. Clunk and pathetic. Right. It's not a bad beer. I don't mind that. I like the um, I like the cloudy summer's beer. Oh yeah, the one that comes in the unfiltered. red. Yes. Kind of like you normally. Stronger. Bit unfiltered. Bit unfiltered. <laughs> like most diplomacy players, very unfiltered. So it's talking about diplomacy. Um, we were going, we were just talking about the idea of well, first off, talking about the classic board, and of course, maybe we need to do our first piece around look, the, the basics for newbies so the yeah. idea being we might be a kind of you know if you're a newbie you can kind of listen to this bit and then later on we'll kind of edit them all together so if you're a old school player and you know exactly how to play the game you can probably fast forward the next five ten minutes but let's talk about the basics around the map and the game and yeah um, well there's I, I thought a good starting point would be, um, from experience, what I've watched now, a couple of, we've done a couple of face-to-face, yep. the, how convoys work and the territories that you can and can't convoy through. Could we... Uh, I think to do that, though, we have to talk about the concept of movement. But before we get okay. to movement, yep. I think we have to talk about the territories. Huh. This is kind of like, you know, in... Bill and Ted's, Bill and Ted's, you know, uh, excellent adventure where they, you know, wanted to become an excellent band, but to become an excellent band, they need to kind of recruit Eddie Van Halen, but Eddie Van Halen won't come to them until they're an excellent band. Right. Catch twenty two. <laughs> um, okay. Well, let's talk about the different type of territories. Well, so yes, we got first off, we got seven players. We got a board of Europe set around the time of World War One. Yes. We got England. Which is probably anachronistically called England, even though it's actually the United Kingdom minus Ireland. So it'd be Great Britain. We have France. We have Italy. Germany. Austria-Hungary. Mm-hmm. Turkey, or the Ottoman Empire. And Russia. So uh, each of those players start the game with three um, supply centres. Except Russia, which has... Four. And as we'll kind of talk about later, the supply centres, how many supply centres do you have basically helps determine how many units you then have your disposal to try to, um, you know, bring to the fore across the map. Right. Now, the amount of supply centres you have equals the amount of units that you own, yep. essentially. Yep. Don't worry, a cushion. There you go. It's about... So, getting old, man. <laughs> um, but starting off, before we even get into that, there's two types of units, yeah? 
there's an army and there's a fleet. Yes. Now armies can move anywhere on land. Yep. And fleets can move on the coast and anywhere on the sea. Yep. Right. Um, there's a as we spoke about there's convoys, but we'll get into that a little later. Yep. So with the game, as we said before, you start with three supply centers and three art, well three units. Um, the units in the uh, are determined whether you've got armies or fleets in a classic map uh, automatically. So there's certain things where you're meant to have, you know, a, a fleet. Certain things we're meant to have an army, unless you kind of fuck up as we did at the last game and <laughs> put an army and a fleet in the wrong spot. <laughs> I think that's on you. Yes, Ambie. that was me. Yep. Yes, yes, yeah, bad Amby. Um, so you start with these positions, and they're basically your uh, your home supply centres. So in a normal uh, classic game of diplomacy, um, basically later on, if you happen to grow and you conquer extra territory, you can only build your new units in the location that you start in your home territory. And it's important to mention at this stage that you can only have one unit per territory. Correct. Yes. Which is the nature of the game, essentially. Yeah. yeah is yeah. that um, you can't stack units. That's right. Yeah. As you, as many, a lot of other war games allows you to stack units in a territory to gain strength. Yes. To move forward. This game, you only are allowed one unit per territory. Correct. Yep. So um, when you start, you've got your little territories, and then so each of those territories or lands or countries are basically coloured on the board. Um, I suppose it depends a little bit on your board that you got. If you're playing a classic map, maybe it's not coloured, I don't know. Um, but there are a number, of, as I said before, there's um, what, six, six players with three supply centres, so that's 18 supply centres, and then uh, Russia with four, which brings it to 22. But there's a total of 38 supply centres on the board? 36. No, 36, you're right. Yep. You and need the rest. To get 18 um, for a win. That's right. So the rest are. Um, considered to be neutral countries. So in in the game of diplomacy, it's, it's assumed that those neutral countries are so, so pathetic that you could just waltz on in there with your, you know, superior, superior um, army or navy and they just bow to your preeminence and just, you conquer them automatically. Yeah. So basically it's assumed that there's no real occupying defender in the neutrals. But the idea is, as I said before, is you start with, you know, your initial three or four if you're Russia, and you're trying to build up to that end goal of 18 supply centres. They could be from the neutral supply centres at the start, or they could be from other players' home supply centres. So the goal of 18 is because it's assumed that because you own half of all the supply centres on the board, you're preeminent in power, therefore... If the game progressed, you would take over the rest. Yeah, of take over the whole of Europe. The whole of Europe. <laughs> world conquer, world conquer. But you know that's no fun for the other six players. That's <laughs> <laughs> a halfway point. Yeah. So um, basically, those supply centres uh, are around the board. Um, each of them, uh, or each of the territories, are pretty standard, as as Kana mentioned before a supply centre or, or, or a territory. A normal territory just doesn't have a supply centre or a dot on it. If it's inland, it can only be moved through by armies. If it's the ocean, obviously only navies. And if it's on the coast, it can be both. Um, but the coasts are all 
quite different too because some of them have special rules. Right. So yeah, so let's talk about. Okay, so because we're specifically about territories at this stage, yep. um, there's three territories on the board that have two coasts. Mm-hmm. Right. St. Petersburg has a north coast and a south coast. Spain has a north so north coast and a south coast. And Bulgaria has a south coast and a north coast. Yes. Right? What that means is that a fleet, let's focus on St. Petersburg here, a fleet in the Gulf of Bothnia can move to St. Petersburg's south coast, but it can't move then to the Barents Sea. Yes. Because there's, there's a significant chunk of land in between the two coasts. Yep. Likewise, with Spain, a, a fleet could move um, mid-Atlantic to the north coast of Spain, mm-hmm. but that fleet then can't move to the western Mediterranean because that coast <coughs> just can't travel overland. Yeah, and uh, unlike the example you gave before with Russia, with Gulf of Bothnia, can only go into the south coast, and say on the north coast, you can only access going out to the Barents Sea. With uh, the Mid-Atlantic, that can go to both the north coast of Spain or the south coast of Spain. So that's quite a, a common thing to kind of deal with very, very early on if you're France and you're opening Brest into the Mid-Atlantic or uh, maybe in a game year or two, you're cheeky England and you've come down that way into the Mid-Atlantic, you've got to choose which way to go if you decide to attack Spain. You have to choose which coast of Spain to attack. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, um, yeah, so that's right. And then, of course, Bulgaria, you know, again, you've had that same dynamic. If you have a, a fleet on the south coast, it can only go out via the Aegean, but one on the north coast can go into the Black Sea, so... Or vice versa. The key to, the key to getting your head around all of this is that it's important to specify as much information as you can when you write your orders. But we'll do orders another day. We'll do orders another day. So, um, the, sorry, the only other thing I'd kind of add is... Um, anomalies and territories on the board is that there are two actually two things I might say first up is canal zones so um, both the territory of Constantinople and also the territory of Kiel and Denmark no no not really yeah Denmark's a canal zone not quite it's kind of like a it's a separate territory but you can kind of you can traverse it like a canal, but it's not a canal. Like Kiel. Yes. So and like Constantinople. You may as well cluster these three together because it's the exact same rule. Okay, the same rule. Yep. Good. Okay, good. So basically, it allows you to go. So what what Kane said before with Saint Petersburg, you can't take your your fleet on the south coast and send it via Saint Petersburg into the north coast. You can do that with Kiel by going, say, Heligoland Bight into Kiel and then traversing straight through into the Baltic Sea, bypassing Denmark. Or, same thing, you go North Sea into Denmark, and then Denmark straight into Baltic Sea. Or, from the point of view about Constantinople, you might have like a a Russian fleet in the Black Sea, it can go into Constantinople, and then traverse the, um, um, what are they called, the Dardanelles and the, what was it called, Bosphorus? Bosphorus. Yep, and then out through to the Aegean Sea. I guess Sweden, you could lump Sweden in that as well, hey, because you could move from the Skagerrak into Sweden and then from Sweden into the Gulf of Bothnia, so. Say that again? You could lump Sweden into that set of rules as well. Right. Because you could move the Skagerrak 
into Sweden yeah. and then from Sweden into the Baltic Sea. You don't have to well, Sweden to Oh, Gulf of Bothnia. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You are correct, yes. Good point. No, Sweden's even... generally not pointed out as that. Um, no, you're right. Yeah. I guess the important thing to to remember on that is that you can't actually skip that territory. So no. you can't move from the Black Sea to the Aegean, you can't move from the Baltic Sea to the North Sea, and you can't move illegally land to the Baltic Sea. Correct. You have to traverse those. Yes, which was which was something that came up in the very first face to face game we played with a new player who wasn't aware of that dynamic. So yeah, good point. Um is there anything else on the board territory wise? Can't move into Switzerland, on? can't move to oh, Ireland, yeah. can't move to Iceland. Very good, very good, yes. So both Switzerland and Switzerland, Ireland and Iceland, whilst they're obviously physical locations and to a certain extent it's the same thing with some of the islands that are in the Mediterranean like Crete, uh, Cyprus, Sardinia, Tunisia, uh, Sicily and the Balearic Islands. They're physically on the map but you can't actually move into them. Yep. I, think, um, I think we've covered, I think we've covered the basics, yeah. yeah. Yeah, the basics. I think that's the basics. basics of the territories. Basics of territories and the map. Yep. Well done. Hey. That's, our, that's our first little thing there, so... And with no script, even better. <laughs> so so what are we talking about on the next one? We're talking about... Oh, the next thing we're going to talk about... Oh, yeah, so I, I have this thing, which is probably going to be the, the title of the, the, um, the podcast... Which is that that wonderful Stevie Wonder song? How's it go? Well, which which wonderful Stevie Wonder song do you think it is? Having a clue. <laughs> it's it's that very superstitious <laughs> song. I just wanted you to sing it out. Go yeah. on. <laughs> no, we'll just insert it around about now. Very superstitious. So, I did put this on something to, to talk about, and I actually posted it on a few locations, which is, I need to kind of bring up on my phone to bring up some of the stuff that I, I talked about. Um, anyway, so... Do you have a superstition, Andy? I, I have developed a superstition. <laughs> I don't, I never normally had, I never normally had a superstition playing diplomacy at all. Okay. And I don't know if it's a superstition, but I got myself into a habit. Oh, Okay. okay, which then probably became a superstition. Ah. Where in games that I... I don't know why, but I started... like When I'd, when I'd put in my moves, uh-huh. or I'd be reading the board, I would be playing a certain particular song or playlist based on that board or the name of the, the game or something like that. How's that working out for you? Well, honestly... When I follow my little habit and superstition, it works great. And when I don't, it goes bad. And that's what I mean. I've, I've, I've kind of developed this superstition. Okay, so give me an example. What would you be playing if you were playing a North American map? Well, it depends. Okay, so I'm in, I'm in two North American maps at the moment. Different songs? They are different songs, yeah, absolutely. Okay, so, okay, so you're in two of them. What's the first so, song? So the, the first one, which of course is that Divided States game. Okay. Okay. where we're down just to five players and everyone's duking it out until it got to a point where 45 players have been eliminated and there's only five left yep. I've kind of and you've been playing it for over a year this is probably where my superstition started this particular game Okay. 
and it was I don't know why because not related to America at all but I started always playing the 1812 Overture oh, okay yep and it works really really well I always get that crescendo when the cannons are going off and that's when you get so when I'm actually putting in all my orders which are like the the ones that are actually making an impact so usually at the very beginning when it's all very very quiet I'm putting in all my little, little you know moves that I know aren't going to work or support holds here and blah 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 but as I'm making attacking moves it's like all the cannons are going boom 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 okay and then for one reason or another do you want to play it now? Kind of, I, I for one for one turn and one turn only, I got cocky with my moves. Oh, okay, yeah. And I changed my song, and the moment I changed my song, my moves all backfired, and I lost supply centers like you wouldn't believe. Oh, okay. So this is this is this is the uh, eighteen twelve overture game. Yes. Okay. Naturally, well, it's not an eighteen twelve overture game. It's a. The, Divided States game that no, but in your I've mind, playing this is the game where you can play. Sorry, I'm just yeah, not making sure yeah. players don't get confused with the 1812 Overture variant, which was a play diplomacy play um, uh, forum game. Right. Okay. So, all right. So you, you listen to the 1812 Overture for one of them. What's the other one that you listen to? Oh, so in the um, in the American Fun Boat game. Okay. Have a guess of what the song is that I play all the time. American woman? I don't know. What? Oh, good try. It's 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 the love boat theme. <laughs> God, really? Yes. Love, exciting and new. Come aboard. We're expecting you. <laughs> There's a whole track of it on Spotify. It's wonderful. Um, There's a track of it. Yeah, like it's like the, it's like, like the it's playlist. Like, yeah, it's like the whole playlist of you know the I don't know the album from the Love Boat. Okay, all right. And I've been playing that, and I've been doing pretty good. All right, okay, okay. Yeah, okay. I've been happy with that. And, um, okay, so now that you've developed the habit, of, and I've got other ones too. What are the other ones I've been doing? Oh yeah, I've, in the games that I'm playing in Spain, I'm playing just like a playlist of Spanish guitar. Okay. Yeah. 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 yeah that's yeah, all right. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Um, that's only really about it, I think. Well, it's good that's working out for you. Well, when I follow the when I follow that the rules and the habit, yes, it does work out quite well. Has anyone else said anything about what their superstitions are? Uh, yes, I placed some posts on a number of different forums, and unfortunately, I didn't load them up before we started talking. Fuck. Well. Did you have any of the things you've preloaded at all? Oh no! For, Here we I'm are. Just thinking for superstitions. Um, I, I don't think I I do, Amby. I don't throw salt over my shoulder or rub a cat's foot or my hair's foot. I don't, yeah. I don't have a I don't have a superstition. That's all right. That's all right. I, I don't kind of expect you to have a superstition. Um, 
so we did have I did post this to I think a few places web diplomacy play diplomacy all the forums V diplomacy and also on our Twitter account um, so we didn't get a lot from V diplomacy I think the only thing we got was from mouse who um, mentioned that it's less of a superstition more just good practice pretty sure every single time I've forgotten to confirm orders with preview I fucked up something compared yep. to 99% everything was fine when I do immediately preview after entering orders yep no that's a that's a good habit to have so it's a good again yep. when does things stop being a habit and become a superstition yeah. like, I guess I guess it becomes a superstition if you start to believe that if you don't hit preview your orders then you're going to have a bad set of orders Yes, actually, that makes perfect sense. I totally agree with that. Um, so let's find else what else we've kind of got here. Just scrolling through the things. Oh, it's been too long since I've actually checked it. I just... I might just edit this little bit out for a second. Might actually, bump this pause for a second. Okay, and um, we're back here. So, we're, fortunately, we, we paused was perfect because we didn't get to hear these kids singing a happy birthday song in the background. Maybe we should have. Yeah. Maybe I was just superstitious. Anyway, so um, over on WebDip, we have a few different comments. Uh, the first one was from Clayser. I don't know Clayser because obviously I don't hang out at WebDip long enough. In Goat, he says, I can gumbo, so I almost always open the same way because I've determined they're the best moves. I don't think they count as a lucky charm, though. Mm, no. It's more like just good practice, isn't it? Well, unless they're not the best moves. If you keep on doing those, then sooner or later people are going to recognise that that's what the best in inverted in quotes, yep, you know, is, and then they'll start opening up differently. In which case, it stops becoming the best set of orders, isn't it? Yep. Yeah. That makes sense. I think the best one I got was on, on the web dip one was from, um, and I'm always going to fuck up the, his his name is EMC42, which is like the MC squared type of guy. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah you know yeah, him? Yeah, yeah. Okay. And. He said, um, this, is his, this is his thing that he likes doing all the time, he's a bit superstitious on. He says, if you sub into a one or two um, supply centre count country, you must always send everyone personalised poetry and global limericks on the benefits of draws and lots of terribly subtle innuendo, which theoretically should result in survival. Unfortunately, so far, it's mostly resulted in being eaten up anyway, but um, with forewarning and apologies. And I asked him, you know, can you give me some examples? So he says he's having examples. Okay. Dear France, lovely blue France, your countenance is exquisite, just like a dunce. Radiant, regal, of royal awe. Perhaps a four-way draw? <laughs> oh, Russia, the Tsar, your glorious beyond regard. Luscious purple, I below, but more radiant with a spot of yellow. <laughs> I take it he took Turkey that time. <laughs> Maybe. There once were seven different countries. Of Germany and Austria, they became munchies. Please, said Turkey, you want me here, Lurky, for eating me causes constipation. I think it's meant to be wrong with Turkey or whatever, but it didn't quite work out. Russians don't like Turkey, we eat bear. I thought that was a reply to... I don't know. Yeah. So, there was those ones. I thought they weren't too bad. Okay. Um, on the... Diplomacy Games Twitter feed I put it out there oh yeah Chris Martin who we've interviewed and yes. you know, former yeah, yeah. world yep. diplomacy champion um, of the world um, less of a superstition less of a superstition and more of a guideline 
the fleet in London more often than it does should open to the English Channel. Yeah. Yep. I, I'm, I'm in half. I'm in two minds about that. You know, opening to the English Channel or not. But if you don't, you're stuffed. You know what I mean? Yep. But if you do, then you can be stuffed too. Do you know what I mean? Yep. Um, it's one of those conundrums. I mean, Venice and Trieste, do you trust each other? You know, that's that's always going to be the hard ask there. Or if you're Russia, do you let Germany into um, Denmark? You know? Yeah. I don't know. Good one. Or Sweden. Um, you bounce them in Sweden. Does Germany bounce Russia and Sweden? So, you know, do you do that? So, Andrew Goff, another former world diplomacy yeah, champion. Yeah, what's Goff got to say? He says, I always try to get more centres than the other players in the game, particularly at the end of the game. That's his superstition. That's a pretty good superstition. I've tried right? other approaches at times, but they never seem to get good results. <laughs> and Obi Gin... Gin... Gin Kenobi? Gon Kenobi? Obi Gon Kenobi. His, his um, superstition, which is a proper superstition, is I have a specific type of pen and a particular book that I write orders with in every tournament. Prior to Dipcon 2019, I had my wife kiss the pen and book for good luck. Suffice to say, I'll never make that mistake again. <laughs> <laughs> so there you, go. there you go. It's not just me with silly superstitions. Are you going to bring a special book and a pen to the um, to the one in Thailand, 2021? No, actually, we haven't talked about that, have we? Because we last talked last time we caught up wasn't on tape. It was after that last face-to-face game, and we didn't record anything then. And we were talking about it. We found out about it then. Yes. The, the, the okay. So obviously. Okay. So, so we're in what 2019 now. Yep. They just finished up the one in Marseille for World Diplomacy Champion next year in November 2020. It's in. Car- it's Carnage, which is in um, somewhere in Vermont in the US. It's Vermont, yes. Yes, yep, yep. But the, the Marseille World Diplomacy Championship, when they decided the location for the 2021 uh, championship, Thailand won. Brilliant. Which eh? of all places, you know. Yeah. No, I, I, it's got to have been put forward by Andrew. No, so, so I did actually post something on the Dan's um, group around this. So I think it was a, a collaboration between actually a Thai player and uh, Andrew Goff. Okay. So um, it's a great, great for us because it's just up really the road. It's easy like, to get Yeah, it's like only like about eight or nine hour flight. It's just down the road, really. Yeah. <laughs> so obviously A, Europeans and B, Americans would go an eight or nine hour flight. Fuck that. But for Australians, that's like, geez, that's that's really close. <laughs> we can get there. <laughs> we can get there. They seem to forget that, like, if we if we decide, oh, let's go to Europe, it like takes 22, 23 hours. Yeah, it's a full solid day. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Even if we just want to go to LA, it's like about another solid day. 11, 12 hours to get there. Yeah, that's horrible. No, no, I'm definitely going to go to this one. This is exciting to me. Thailand. Well, you, you, you kind of lived in Thailand for a while, didn't you? I did. I did. I spent a couple of years there um, in the northeast. Just a part of the world. 
cool. Yeah. So I think at the moment they haven't decided the location in Thailand. Right. I have provided um, Goffy your details and said how hey, you used to live over there. You might have some subtle suggestions, but just so long as it's not Phuket or Kosamui or somewhere. Kosamui or anything like that. Is that just because it's just too trashy? It's just tourists everywhere. Isn't you know, Bangkok kind shit. of just like a big metropolis and there's nothing really yeah, it's there? It's just a big Asian city, you know, it's nothing. So in other words, you're pretty much knocking out every location in Thailand except where. Where would you suggest? Oh, somewhere like the northwest, Chiang Mai would be nice. Yep. Um, up up in the northeast, Nong Kai would be very interesting. It'd be a good spot. Um, so the main thing to consider is that anybody, unless they're, well, pretty much everyone is going to have to fly into Bangkok and then get a connecting flight, correct? Yeah, they're not, they're not expensive at all. Yeah. Well, so it's no different to say, for example, if you're an American and you're going to go to Marseille, you're probably going to fly into Paris London or Paris and then yeah. catch a subsequent flight. If you're from Europe to go to Vermont, you're probably going to fly into New York or Boston or something like that and then catch another flight. Yeah. So it's probably no different really, is it? Not at all. I mean, um, I suppose for the more adventurous, you could, you know, rock up in Bangkok and then catch a train or do it that way. <laughs> but it's also, from what I understand, I've, I've never actually been to Thailand, so I've been to, I've been to Cambodia and I've been to Vietnam twice. Yeah. I've been to Malaysia and Singapore or whatever like that. I haven't been to Thailand. But from what I understand, particularly that those areas away from Bangkok, any, well, Italy is, fuck, Thailand as a whole, it's, I don't know where Italy came from. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> probably probably because I've been to Italy a lot more with, with my travels than Thailand. Um, but I've heard that it's quite inexpensive once you get there. Yeah, when you get out of the major tourist dives, yep. essentially it becomes quite cheap once you're there on the ground. So yep. it's the type of thing that, you know, I'd expect that, you know, you'd probably want to go over, not just for the game, but you'd probably spend a little bit of time exploring the countryside and, and oh, the people yeah, 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 and yeah. the culture. And I think I'll take a couple of weeks. Yeah, yeah, go over there with the um, Mrs. Kaner. Okay, cool. Yep, and then, you know, once the tournament's over, then we'll go and have a bit of an explore and yep. do it like that. Yeah. Very good. Send her off to culinary classes and well, I, cooking so she can, you know, Well, when I was, get on the, the first time I went to Vietnam, I actually went to a cooking a Vietnamese cooking class. It was fucking fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Great yeah. food. And like, I was like, fuck, I made that. Jeez, how did I... <laughs> I've only ever done two cooking classes in, one in, one in Thai, not Thai, Vietnam and the other one in Morocco that was just amazing experiences very it's good I reckon if you get a good spot to do it then yeah definitely I still reckon that as locations for variants the Southeast Asian Khmer CMEs yep Mong kind of interaction down there. Jam, I think you're I, I think I you're that's a correct. really interesting. You're talking about like that period of what what about the tenth, eleventh, twelfth century, is that type of period? Thirteenth century? Thirteenth century. Yep, twelfth, thirteenth century. So the rise of the Angkor and you could throw in yeah, that would be very interesting to me. I, I, I reckon. Or the dissolution of the Angkor Empire you could kind of split it up like that. The rise of the CMEs. You need to you need to definitely get something up and running. You need to design that variant, and you need to kind of create it and find out how you need to do these things now because it's a little bit of a black box over in the VDIP world prior to that 2021 World Championship, so that people can kind of 
get a bit of local diplomacy action in the location that they're going to be in. Yeah, yeah that'll be fun. You know what? I might, I might do that. Maybe. Because there's been one thing I actually, I think I posted in the, it the mod forum, or maybe I wrote something and never posted it. I don't know. I think actually it was, I wrote it and never posted it, so it was a bit of a fuck up. But um, yeah, I'm really keen to understand now how the whole variant creation thing works over in VDIP. Because my understanding is you pretty much have to kind of create almost like a, a virtual machine on your own computer to simulate or emulate a, uh, a diplomacy server. And then you basically you do all your testing there and make sure it's all buggy, bugless free prior to then being able to go, there you go, Ollie, I've tested it, like buggery, it all worked great. Yeah. Um, no, I'm, I'm out of the loop entirely on it, you know, because I, I, I think that there's no lab in the dip any longer. No, there's not. There's no. a lab at the Russian site. Yeah, actually, and I got an email, random email the other day from Flame. Not email, um, PM from Flame yeah. around the, um, the Mongol map. Yeah, look, I've just taken a step back on that. No, 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 but he yeah. kind of said, hey, what happened with this? Were well, we going to do something with this? And I went, I think so. It's a great map. Love the map. Wonderful game to play there. But I, I couldn't remember if there was any problems with it or what the issue was. There's a couple of bugs to it for memory, not least of which is the bloody the, the display, the name of it. Like it's not the 13th century, it's the 14th century, you know? Oh, okay. So that's just minor. Blood, there's minor stuff, but it, 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 it's annoying enough to... Give you the shits. Give you the shits. Yeah. You know it doesn't give you the shits? What? Too much beer and it's cider. Right. We need another one. I think, I think it's, it's my run. shout. Yep. Okay. Oh, okay. Cheers. Another Cheers. soggy clink. Another soggy clink. But I must admit, the beer is tasting better and better even the more we drink it. It's amazing how that happens, hey? It is. Mm. Hey, the funny thing about this beer is it tastes a lot like a uh, homebrew beer. That's all right. Yeah, it? but it's, I mean, it's a good homebrew. It tastes like a good homebrew. That's right. Yeah. But it doesn't taste like a, a craft brew does now. Okay. Well, mine just tastes like it's getting sweeter and sweeter. Actually, I might change drinks. Actually. All oh, right. One. Yeah. Anyway. No worries. But um, look, I just wanted to quickly talk about some quality press that's happening in one of these games. So. Oh, this is a game you've been spectating. Yeah. Isn't so it? when so this is the Europa. Renazio Vento. Vento, something like that. Yeah, variant. Yeah. And so I, when that came up, I quickly, I didn't join a whole heap of them. I spectated yep. some of them. And for, you know, people who are unfamiliar with this feature, you can open up a game that's ongoing and s- click on the spectate function. I'm pretty sure WebDip's got the same function yep. where you can observe the game as it's ongoing. As turns happen, you get a notification saying that that game you know, has progressed a year or whatever. And, okay, cool, yep, that And you can sense. watch a game in, as, as it's ongoing. Um, now, in this game, in my opinion, what's been happening is that there's this, you know, there's a... There's an Islamic um, coalition comprising of the Great Horde, Ottomans, Mamluks, Tunisia, whatever this... Clemson and the Moroccans, and they're all kind of thick as thieves. Okay. Right? They're the infidels. There's the infidels. The, well, the Islamic block. 
Yes, yeah. yes, yes. And, and, and countering that. So I'm, I'm coming from a Judeo-Christian Western perspective here in an old school 15th, 14th century or whatever it is, yes. And, and countering. Not, not a modern, is... you know, <laughs> diplomatic man of leisure. So don't, don't misquote me and don't misinterpret anything I just said as being anti-Muslim or Islamic. I've, we're lot of, lot of good, in the 15th century here. Not, not a lot of friends and, who are, but I do have a number of friends who are, who are Muslim, so that's cool, yeah. Okay. Um, and we've got a sort of like a Northern European, a loose Northern European block that's sort of countering this Islamic spread yep. north. Um, and then it's just been quite fascinating to watch this go. Actually, this, yeah, evolve. keep um, But from a, from a, messaging perspective some of the stuff that's been cropping up on global has just been priceless okay um like what well to start off with from very, I'm, not, I'm not in this well neither of us in this game but you've been kind of monitoring it yep so from the very start this is the first message I could really discern where there, there was indications that there's a block going on and, and the Teutonic Order here from the papacy message to Christian nations from your Pope no 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 this one Oh, okay. Yeah, spring 19, Teutonic Order posts, burn the heathen, and the Mamluks reply, slay the infidel, right? And it get, it goes on, like, like I can literally open up any sort of, because the global press... There's like 34 been, pages yeah, of, of, of global, of global press. press. Yeah. Um, skipping forward a bit, like... Um, oh, da, 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 da. So you picked a bad example. You picked a bad example. Um... Oh God! There's the Castiles with crusading. Castiles crusading. Um, we'll have to ask Albert von Hohenzollern. Yep, Can that's the. Yep. So, but and it, it's a, the really fun thing about um, this particular game is that the um, it's been going the, the, so the long. Players are really the, the picking a um, picking a character. Right now, they're playing this this scenario in, in in a very in a in an historical fashion. Yep. Um, inquisitors have returned to the Holy See with disturbing news, suggesting the Duke of Milan and possibly the Swiss have been plotting against the heathen Egyptian hordes to betray Christendom. It's with a heavy heart that they must be temporarily removed from communion with the Church. And it goes on. It goes on and on and on and on and on and on. Having said that, there's recently a player who um, was found to be mounting accounting and was booted essentially by the mods at this particular one. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, so a number of players are, are calling on a um, a new religion, um, basically calling it Tobyism, which is <laughs> so so the moderator who did yep. the um, the removals, Toby ah, one. So, right. um, so in other words, if you were for the um, meta gaming community, you would be anti Tobyist. I guess if you take that to its logical conclusion. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I just, I, I just want to draw the attention to that particular game because I find it um, the global discussion and you know the, this this players really getting into the characters of their time to be quite a fun. Yep, you know. A fun game, game to watch. Very good. It's always good because, like you know, 
that's what I was trying to achieve in the uh, the Google Translate game without much success. And you're removed from that, aren't you? Yeah, yeah I'm dead as a doornail. Yeah. Lamented? Oh, here we are. Here's, here's one of your things here about from the Teutonic Order, saying, It seems long ago that we first heard the booming voice of this Toby thundering from the heavens for what seems like years, perhaps even decades. The sun froze in the midday sky. Good wives clearly plump with child seem never to witness the arrival of their babes. Ancient crones at the end of life seem never to be released into purgatory. Now the king of Aragon has vanished in a blinding flash of light as the voice of Toby proclaims him a servant of the devil. Then the sun itself crossed the sky from west to east and I swear I felt myself growing naturally younger. While the clocks now move forward and the sun and the seasons once again pass, it feels as though they move, they move more slowly than seems natural. And to confound the senses, a new king of Aragon has materialized, apparently, out of the ether. My emissaries in Iberia tell me that no one seems to know from whence he has come. And yet at the same time, no one appears to question his legitimacy. Or well, the very strangeness of these people's complete lack of preceding knowledge of him until asked by outsiders. Clearly, God is alive in our world. We are witnessing miracles that many of us thought were confined to days long past. Obviously, these events are linked to the Saracen conquest and rape of Rome, the throwing of the bones of the saints into the Tiber. But there is much that confounds a humble child of God. Is this Toby a new prophet, an archangel? Does his arrival signal Judgment Day, or perhaps the Kingdom of Heaven? Is this new Kingdom of Aragon a chosen soldier of Almighty God? I have dedicated my life to armed pilgrimage and the will of God. I've spent the years of my manhood battling the heathens, pagans, and sundry forces of evil. I've, this is still the same post, folks. I have seen the armies of the saints ride from the beleaguered soldier of God to deliver miraculous victory. And good Christian prince and pious burgher must unite under the banner of Almighty God, submit to the stewardship of the Holy Father, and drive back the forces of the vile Muslims first out of Rome and then back into their desert redoubts. Byzantium must be reclaimed. Onward to Jerusalem. <laughs> Onward Christian soldier. <laughs> and then Bohemia kind of posted out of out of character in brackets saying I got emotional just reading that even though it was role play. Well done. <laughs> Priceless. A lot of fun. So it's, yep. And I, th- I think to the games where I've, I've really, really, really enjoyed, and there's always been a sense of role play to me, you know? Yeah. Uh, I think that's a, that's a beautiful thing about diplomacy is you can sort of go there. I even remember when we caught up last episode with Matt and, you know, the guy was selling his board, and he was saying, right, like, one yeah. thing he loves doing is actually, like, his, he and his mates are role playing the, yeah, the actual characters, the actual characters that they're playing. Which is great. So, yes, very, very interesting. So what other stuff we've got going on at the moment? What well, games we've got going on? Okay, so... Do, 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 do. My um, my World War II Global Boogaloo... Actually, if I can just talk about that for a second. Yeah, there's yeah. Been a bit of, there's been a lot of changes in that one because I think we, we talked about previously, we worked out from your um, NMRing that you got replaced that you were previously Thailand. Were you the uh, first yes. player to play Thailand? I was, yes. Right, we're up to Thailand number five. Thailand five. <laughs> God. <laughs> Cursed. <laughs> and and Thailand five is, is not as good as Thailand <laughs> one, two, three, or four. Because the first thing you started doing was attacking Japan. Oh, no. Oh, no. And as a result, he's now kind of got Japan attacking him back and... 
this that was that was that was the established alliance. That, that was the alliance. Yep. And um, the USA is now being eliminated. And even even though everyone kind of said, "Yeah, once the USA is gone, we'll draw," that doesn't seem to have happened because this is like you know, maybe uh, China wants to go to Thailand for the cheek. Japan. Japan wants to get rid of Thailand for the cheek. No, no, Thailand yeah. stabbed Japan after. Anyway, so it doesn't really that's matter. That's why he's not drawing. You know, that's what I'm saying. Well, Could be. Yeah. It's hard to know because it's you know it's anonymous draws. Nobody knows who's actually drawn and who hasn't drawn. Okay. So, North America's under the foothill of Germany, is it? Germany up to most of, of US and Canada, with the exception of Texas, which is part of the Portuguese Empire. Yeah. And Turkey's just struggling away in the middle doing nothing. <laughs> Lots of yep. support holes doing jack shit. <laughs> Um, so, yeah, that one's still going on. That's taking forever. So, um, Cry God for Harry is kicked off, and yep. I think since the last time we talked. And it's gone through a few NMRs and sort of resets. But um, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm relatively comfortable with how I'm going at this stage. Oh, yeah. Um, it, it, it's, you know, I'm, I'm one of those characters that is just all over the place. I'm not... Really, too sure of how it's going at this stage. Too early to tell. Because the good thing about this one, this one you actually communicate in, can't we? It's not a gunboat. Yeah, but it's anonymous. It's yeah. anonymous, so we can't really talk about who's who. So um, yeah, it's been interesting for for me and my my position. Um, it, it the way it's progressed from my perspective, it wasn't what my original plan was at all. Okay. So I originally planned to attack a particular player full force, but things have actually worked out pretty well with that player. And I'd made um, peace with another player at the beginning who may end up being my... Um, Nemesis? Well, I don't know. I haven't attacked him. Fortunately, I've been able to convince another player to attack him instead. Does so, he know? Oh, I wonder if they know. No. I don't know if he knows or not. But he, he's been smart because he's, his builds are kind of covering himself off, but not totally in some areas. So he has trusted me along the border. Fuck, sorry about that. It must be... That's all right. That? Yep. Um, but I've made sure that I haven't kind of preempted him because I think at the moment my focus is picking up a couple of SCs. Uh, with, we're working with my yep. working with my uh, ally who was never planned to be my ally. Well, let's not get into too much detail on this because no, no, because it's all the nonsense. It doesn't make any sense interest, to anybody. Interesting um, listening. So, what other things we've got going on? Uh, There's the um, divided states game. Is that the one you were just bringing up then, or not? Where is it? Trying to bring. We had here on United States. That's it there. Oh, yeah, so this is one that you're in um, still. Yep. I just love how New York seems to have almost all of the coastal territories except for a couple of spots on the uh, on, on, on the eastern seaboard. Yeah. You know, but not only that, but also the, the Great Lakes as well. He's almost got all of the coastal regions locked down and poo brown. Well, it's actually been, it's been a long time since we've chatted, actually, because I think the last time we recorded would have been about four weeks ago. So this whole this whole game dynamic has changed totally. I think you may remember last time around, there was like New York had moved like one um, ter- army into like a um, a safe territory, like no no supply centers in Montana. After years and years and years of you know support holes between the two, Actually, then Montana moved away. The, the the main thing I really want to say this is Wyoming or Kentucky. That's Kentucky. Kentucky has and New York have fallen into conflict. Yeah, because they so previously were seemed to be getting yep. on okay. So there's a big 
kerfuffle going on there, and it looks like. But that's because I think Kentucky and Montana, not Kentucky and Hawaii, started throwing love to each other too much. Who knows? Who knows? But maybe Kentucky just got sick of you know. I can't remember who stabbed who that one. And it's still a red hot navy battle going on in the Gulf of Mexico. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, Hawaii has the majority of the Gulf of Mexico. Locked down that area, do you reckon? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, th- I think it's going to be pretty hard for Florida and New York if that alliance continues to kind of make any gains. I guess the thing about that, though, is that the way New York has penetrated into uh, Florida, it's like he can, <laughs> he can take, take as many of his supply, of Florida supply centres that are left vacant as he wishes, but he hasn't been. So, oh, he t- actually, no, he took, he took one last turn because you can see yeah they took one last turn yeah. um, so has the map been fairly static apart from that how's this battle going between Montana and Hawaii no it hasn't been much, much there's, there's been there's been like I think Montana's lost one or two supply centers to the south but um, New York's been now propping him up I think with with support holds um, he's moved out of the areas that were bordering uh, Yukon so they can concentrate his defence south and then New York's moved into that trying to attack Alaska without success. Um, there, but yeah, in last, in last, since we've last t- talked, I think, as you said before, New York did stab Kentucky. It made a couple of gains, but since then Kentucky's kind of come back full force, moving, stripping a whole heap of units from various borders, so Maybe. I don't. I don't think New York's move has really kind of paid off too well, except probably in the east. He seems to be making a little bit more ground there. It's been pushing back slowly, and that area seems to be a little bit more exposed to uh, attack. So potentially coming to an end game. It could be. Hmm. I think it's. I think it's still a. It's not stalemated yet, and it'll, this again will come down to whether players are prepared to go stalemating or not. Or maybe New York will just kind of, you know, take over all these vacant supply centres that exist around Montana and Florida, but it won't be enough to win, so... Yeah, what would be the point? What's, what's the point yeah. of that? Yeah. One to watch. Yeah. Okay. But it's amusing, though, with, with all these territories that are, like, fully... <laughs> like, if the Florida territory is just weird now because you've got all these, like, corridors... Of, corridors yeah. <laughs> of supply centres that are just not taken, but everything else around it is... And then you've got these not islands seeing, of supply centres. You're not used to seeing that in a in a diplomacy map. No, it's very bizarre. I don't know where this one's going to go. All right. So, uh, what else is going on? Uh, so shut off a couple of these. You oh, talked about your fog of war. Fog of war. What's this one? Oh, Silent Europe. Probably the other one. Oh, this is the one you're in, isn't it? Or I'm in this you're one. In this one as I'm well. in this one. Oh, you're in this one. That's yep. oh, right. I'm somewhere down the south of the European equator, and you're somewhere in the north. Hmm. So I'm doing okay. I'm doing yeah. okay. I'm not. I'm not in a bad position. How about yourself? Um. Yeah, I don't hold high prospect. Actually, this one's another one I've been playing music to. Oh, yeah? What's yeah, the yeah. music to this one? Oh, I can't say because it'll give away my country because it's a certain style of music. <laughs> okay. But it, it suits the, you know, the 
the cultural feel of the location. I think I know that's why I love music. <laughs> um, okay, so the superstition's not paying off for you on this one. Yeah. Actually, that's a good point. Yeah, my, my superstitious music is not working in my favour. So maybe it's... Because a particular player who I've had on-again, off-again relationships with has decided to attack me again. Off-again again. And the other player who I wish was going to start disbanding things from me is not. Although, that might change. Yeah. Who knows? Okay. Well, I think that's about it, eh? So, I think I've got, I've got one other one. What's the other one? one? Well, got one happened at Play Diplomacy, which is finished. Oh, recently. yeah. So I had so in Play Diplomacy, I've been in... Remember that USA game? War in Americas. War in America. So that's finished at last. And you were this country in the middle of the Caribbean. Spain, which is kind of pretty much based around the Caribbean. And, is it the um, Caribbean or Caribbean? I don't know. We never got any feedback from our American listeners about how to pronounce it or European listeners on how to pronounce it. Because carob is like a chocolate, chocolate, right? Yeah, and it's the Caribbean, which is where the, the bean from so the, the Carib comes Carib from. Bean. The Carib, Carib, Caribbean, Caribbean. Maybe it should be the Caribbean. Carib, Carib, Caribbean. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, so anyway, but okay, so you ended up with all the Caribbean. Yeah, but that didn't make jack shit because um, Chile soloed the game and won. Oh, Chile won it. Yeah, on your chili. Well, yeah. So this is, I've got. Okay, so I've got a cup. I think. I've, uh, where's my? Where's your uh, notes for the game? For we we're going to talk about today. What? Oh, this button. This one. That one. Oh, okay. So okay, you, you find that, and I'll tell you about one of them that comes off the top of my head. Oh. So, problem number one. Let's just got to go up to here. Go to go to, go to oh, no, no, I was using home. it to create. Yeah, oh, what are you doing? Anyway, so problem number one. And this is something that I don't like around Playdip. And that's unlike in diplomacy, sorry, V diplomacy and web diplomacy, in those those two servers, you can't just go, ah, fuck it, I don't care anymore, I'm leaving. Unless, of course, then you get penalised. Well, yeah, you get penalised for doing that. But I don't know if there's a penalty over in Playdip, but literally in those games that I've been in, that one and another one that I'm in, players just surrender. It's just like you put them going, ah, fuck it, I don't want to play anymore. Surrender. Well, there's a surrender function. There's a surrender function. So unlike, I think, in, in VDIP, you have to go through either, you have to go, you press concede, but concede it only works if everyone else press concede and the only player then wins is the one who hasn't pressed concede. And right. no one ever does that. But the surrender basically is just like, no, nah, I'm not playing anymore, fuck this, I'm going. Which just automatically places the country into civil disorder. Bullshit. No. Oh. Or, or alternatively, whether they have actually gone to civil disorder and it's just considered it to be surrendering. It's not clear. So, oh, yeah. But the games that I've been in recently, I've had a couple of, of these surrenders slash civil disorder things, and it really has impacted on the dynamic. How? Okay, I'm, I'm just interested to think about what the thinking behind that surrender function would be. Because as far as I know, none of the other ones offer any of that even the um, even the mobile platform um, conspiracy yeah doesn't have a surrender function so I'm interesting as to why that 
is in place whether they think okay there's someone goes okay I'm not going I'm seriously going to, I'm going to go into civil disorder I'm just going to ignore this game if that's a serious thing and they can hit a surrender button whether or not the thinking is or that would encourage someone to pick it up as fast as possible yeah I don't know but you know it seems loose on my I'm not sure and the other thing that I had a, a slight constructive criticism on positive obviously is we know for example in classic you need 18 supply centers to win okay yeah but in many other variants you don't really know you have to go in and go okay tell me about the variants show me about the rules in in play dip when you go into a, a game there's no easy way to actually work out what are the rules of this game and what are the con- victory conditions of this game huh. so um, I'm actually in another play dip game at the moment uh, I don't know you yeah, probably can't bring it up, up on yours yeah. I have to bring it up on mine where I've got to a point where I've actually ended up stabbing a player oh fuck wrong thing press return again so strangely enough I drew exactly the same country again doing a lot better this time okay yep and made the decision so this is an, this is actually I can talk about it so again I've Spain again uh, this is non-anonymous. I've actually stabbed America, who I've been allies with since day one, mainly because I just got boxed in and I couldn't make gains against New Granada. The way the... Um, obviously, I had a fair amount of uh, fleets and things here down in Guatemala and everything, but I can't move them over into the Pacific because you need to control the Panama Canal, which is anachronistic. Oh, are they all north-south coast? They are, yeah, they're they? all north-south coast. Yeah, okay. And... So, I guess I could have probably... Could you build in Guatemala, on the south coast? No, you can only build in your home supply centres. Ah. So... So unless you own Panama, you're stuffed. Yes, and but the thing is, they've got a canal in Panama. It's set in 1840, but the canal hasn't been built yet for another 60 years. So that's, again, anachronistic. But um, I got to a stage where I just got boxed in, couldn't really do much, couldn't really get anywhere, so I thought... I'd had the South Americans kind of in my ear saying, stab him, stab him, stab him, for God knows how long. And I was just waiting for the right moment. So I was starting to get somewhere in that sense, but we kind of didn't get things going right. So now we're moving away from just just general constructive, you know, supportive criticism to play it around not knowing what the, oh, not so knowing, not knowing, the, not knowing yeah. what the supply conditions, sorry, victory conditions are. Because this game that's sort of finished, it looks like South America could pretty much solo the game without having any sort of interaction with North America if it wanted to. Yeah, it did. Yeah, just yeah, by right. focusing on the yeah, South. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, but with this particular game, and this is just a, a brand new set, this is not so much a, this is not a play dip thing. This applies to play dip, we're a bit beat it. So this is a variant that's... It's only at play effect. At play dip at the moment, yeah. But the issue is, I joined up a game which is called. I reckon it's much, bunch of blokes who obviously know each other mostly called Rivers of Brass, David's Conquest. Fucked if I know what that means, but. Huh. Um, yeah. I when I joined up, I joined up for two reasons. One, there's a certain feature in play dip in this particular game I wanted to see and, and experience, which I've now experienced, and I'll talk about that in a moment. Uh-huh. That was actually the reason I joined up. But I missed <laughs> But I missed the fact that it's twelve hour phases. Oh. And it is just doing my head in. I normally like playing forty eight hour phases. Twelve or, hours is too fast, man. That's... I know, it's just 
and as a result of that there have been a couple of players who've surrendered oh, yep. which has made things a little bit hard like Brazil surrendered and now he's now dead as a result which is a shame because he was kind of my ally um, but it's really made it challenging with the communication because when you've only got 12 hour phases and presumably most of the players in America and you're in Australia and the time zones are totally different yeah, you've, you've got a small window yeah. which is their night time your early morning and that's the only time you can communicate so unless you happen to be both online at the same time you can't get your shit together you're basically sending messages by semaphore aren't you it's, well you are yeah. and that's and that's resulted in copious amounts of confusion people not getting the messages in time putting in yeah. orders blah 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 but what okay, I played so what was it what is it that you joined on that one specifically so I joined this one because it had the stuff happens option oh yeah. Which I've never played before. Okay. And that was very interesting because I thought, what happens with stuff happens? So what's happened? There's a few things that have happened. So in... Um, actually, there's a bit of public press right now. Ah, oh, fuck. Okay. So here's, here's one that's just come up. These ones just come up. So they come up as like from our, our correspondent or, you know, basically set us from Associated Press. Um, in an impressive wave of nationalistic fervour, the citizens of New Granada have moved en masse to support the war. Volunteers have swamped recruitment officers and across... Oh, here we are. And across the country, ordinary people have given up supplies to the war effort. The surge in the supply of resources and new recruits has enabled the country to support an additional active unit. So basically you get an extra... So you get a freebie without a free SC. <coughs> and I don't know if that lasts How forever. How long will that last? I don't know. It's not clear. Whether it's just for a turn or, or whether it's... Or is turned into a supply centre? Is it a supply centre? No, no, no. It just means that they just get an extra built. Well... Because America got one of these before as well. So it just gives them a bonus build. But the other thing that I thought which was interesting is there was all these random, obviously pre-generated written texts about, oh, you know, people are kind of saying things that they don't really mean when they're kind of talking to you. Yeah, it's just general bullshit. bullshit yeah. But there was one time where actually uh, New Granada said, I, mean, I was talking to New, New, New Granada about my moves and he said, yeah, but you're not doing that. And I went, what do you mean I'm not doing that? I haven't communicated what I'm doing to anybody. And he said, yes, but as part of the stuff happens, I was given a segment of your orders that this unit was not moving. Oh, no. And there was likewise, I previously actually received, and it was very, very early on, and I hadn't actually worked out that was part of the stuff happens thing. I got told that I'd broken the, the, the encryption code of communication between two players, and it actually gave me like the last three or four messages between them around what they were doing. Oh, Okay, that's cool. So yeah, okay, there, there yeah, is actually so, so, some so things within stuff that, yeah. happens which is quite interesting that you wouldn't normally get in a standard game. Well, that's a bit of you know fun to it, eh? Yeah, yeah. You, know, you wouldn't play it for a rated version of it, would you? You'd play it just as a fun stuff happens. I don't know. I, I'm not too precious about my rating at play dip. <laughs> Unlike V dip. <laughs> oh, speaking of which, we should probably do our, our doctor recommended thing. We do need to do that, and then I probably need to skedaddle in the sense of you know. Yeah. Oh, uh, so where are we? It's a school so, night tonight, isn't it? It's a school got, night, yeah. I've worked tomorrow. Um, Hall of Fame. So last time around we got up to number, was it 25 or 26? 20 about... 20? No, no, was, I think we are doing it in blocks of 25. 
Where is it? Uh, we were doing active. We were doing active, yep. So I'm pretty sure we finished at 25 or 26. Battalion? No, we got to Bagata. No, we, we got to 25. Well, let's imagine there's a bit of movement. So 21, Bo okay. Limon. Yeah, we did Bo Limon last time. So uh, 22, Toby won, which is uh, well known as a new religion over in that <laughs> European, <laughs> European one. Yeah, Tobyism. Tobyism. Um, I code. Uh, 24, Devonian. 25, Battalion. 26, Molecat. 27, Jolly Cream. Yeah, see, we touched on Jolly Cream last time. Okay. 28, Cygas. See you, guess. Yeah, could be either way. Mm-hmm. Uh, 29, Rappers 2. Uh, 30, Mouse. 31, DJN 0707. Yeah, I reckon it's Dejan 0707, like okay, Spanish, yeah, but yeah, anyway. Okay. Uh, 32, Mephisto. Uh, 33, Ubercacia 16. See, I've already thought of that, I've always thought of that as Ubercacia. But there's no T, so it's got to be Ubercacia. Yeah. Uh, Kev Dog 8. 35, Remember Who You Are. 36, Ingebot. 37, Bob Ross. Awesome painter. Named after the painter? I assume so. Yeah. <laughs> um, number 38, King Cyrus. Um, 39, Technostar. Number 40, oh God, Tang Hong Ye. Yeah, that's good enough. 41, Spartan 22. 42, C. Normand 14. 43, Patsky. She. Uh, 44, Lena. Uh, 45, Defiant. 46, T-Con 7. 47, McDrops. 48, Diatan IV 4. 4 yeah. 49, CCR. And finally, 50, Tiger. Yes. We don't want to talk about that bastard at number 51. Mongrel. Mongrel. <laughs> Asshole. <laughs> Alrighty. And number 179, Kana 406. Yeah, well, of course. I think we're done, dusted. There's nothing else we really need to talk about, is it? Look, at this stage, we're just preparing for our face-to-face on the 27th, aren't we? Yeah, so three weeks away. Yep. And then, um, <laughs> I think it was like last time around, I said, yeah, 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 that day's great, that day's great. And then I'm getting this, nah, I can't make that, nah, I can't make that. It's like, fuck. So we may still only have one board, I don't know. Oh, bummer. Um, and so our Patreon account again okay yeah yeah so Patreon if you like the show and you want to donate to us for drinking for drinking visit the Patreon yep um, it, can you choose whether to drink sort of send money for drinking or send money for we can leave a message okay yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. so that's, that's always a good thing to do most people just do the drinking option that's cool that's cool yep. I, think, I think you know pretty much like half of this schooner was probably paid by our Patreon, so, so thank, thank you, you to them, gents and ladies. Um, I think they're all gents actually. I think there's only two of them. <laughs> and our Amazon affiliates account. Remember, we only have probably about another three more months until if we don't make three sales, eligible sales, they take an office. Oh, okay. And we've only had one. Sorry, we only had one real sale. Okay. Which was a copy of, I think we said last time around. Machiavelli, right? Machiavelli, yep. um, The Prince. But we edited that out last time around because I couldn't work out how to join the two together. So if you, um, again... It costs a whole 11 cents. Again, it, it costs you, the buyer, absolutely nothing. That's right. Um, but if you follow the link that's on our website... DiplomacyGames.com slash Amazon. 
to buy an item from Amazon, a percentage of that sale will come to us. It's only a minuscule amount, um, but it all helps. It does definitely help, because that'll help us get better equipment. And also, make sure you um, subscribe at the relevant spaces, Twitcher, iTunes, um, Spotify, Spotify, all of that. Yep, all that good shit. And, you know, hit subscribe and like and join yep. us on Twitter and Facebook. and Yeah, don't worry about Facebook. Yeah. I don't, I don't get Facebook. Really. Twitter. Twitter, yeah. Yeah, is the one to go to. And um, drop us a PM on VDIP or WebDIP or Ambion PlayDIP and, um, or drop us a line on webdiplomacy.com. Awesome. Okay. I'm Ambi. I'm Kana. And, and cheers. <laughs> okay. See you. See you, bye.